up, NBA fans? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Jawan Carter. What's up, Jawan? What's going on? Uh, nothing much, man. Just ready to delve into some topics. I'm really excited. Uh, we haven't had a show in like almost two weeks, and uh, I've been craving um, some NBA talk. So just super pumped to get into it. Also joining us tonight is Joel Jimenez. What up, Joel? What is up, gentlemen? I'm ready to do this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What does that remind me of? I just I had like a fleeting moment of um, <laughs> something that that reminded me of, and I cannot remember or can't place it. Um, shit. Uh <laughs> It's, a, it's like a popular character in, I think, television, I want to say. Oh, well, it's, it's not it's not coming to me, and it's probably not going to come to me. If it ever gets to you, so, I'd like to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just the way you delivered that. Uh, it is da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> drop it in the comments section, viewers. Uh, maybe we'll figure it out that way. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... Uh, Let's get into the topics because we got a lot of topics. We've been off for a while, and though the NBA has been relatively quiet, we got some big news this week. Manu Ginobili has announced his retirement. Now, this cat is definitely bound for the Hall of Fame. He has spent all 16 years of his career with the San Antonio Spurs. Um was I drafted, I want to say, like, 57th overall or something like that. I, I, I That would be my guess. I, I don't want to pull it up in front of me. I should have should have been more prepped with my show notes. <clears throat> um, but a lot of a lot of what I say on the show is just off the cusp anyway. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, late, late second rounder. And, like, just has put up tremendous numbers over the years. Um, obviously, he won four championships with the Spurs. He uh, is a two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA. Uh, he was an uh, All-Rookie uh, member, uh, All-Rookie team member um, in his rookie season, and he was the sixth man of the year in the 07-08 season. Uh, so very storied career. Obviously, a guy who, God, the guy is like, 41 years old, so I mean, he had, had played well past what most people are able you know, to keep playing uh, and so, it, I mean, it, it, it makes sense it seems like it's his time, of course, with um, Kawhi being traded and, and, and Tony Parker signing with the Hornets um, it's kind of the end of the era, or end of, yeah, I mean end of the era, not just an era, but the era for the yeah. Spurs. And I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, it, it was bound to happen, but it was still like it came out of nowhere too. And it was kind of, it was just kind of like threw me off a little bit when I, when I, when I heard about it. Um, but uh, I'm going to pass to you first, Joel. Um, what are your thoughts on Ginobili's career and um, you know, what he meant to the Spurs and his retirement? I think uh, 
it's a, I would say, I would say it's a sad day um, in general because, you know, I mean, I, I've, since I've been watching basketball, he's been around almost, I mean, like paying attention to it, like religiously, not right. really yeah. count as a kid where I would just, I'd watch it, but I don't right. really know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Where, um, yeah. My days when I was just like, Alan Iverson is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and that was all I really right. cared about. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was like, those are the beginning time, but yeah. um, yeah, it's it, like you said, the end of an era in the same year, they, they didn't just lose Ginobili lost Parker to, uh, to the Charlotte Hornets, uh, because he's on his uh, the lower side of his career, where he's you know a borderline starter, and now you have Ginobili who's finished his career with the Spurs, but you know in retirement, and Tim Duncan of course just left, and they just traded away uh, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard in the weirdest fucking uh, thing ever. But um, yeah, that it's that's. It, I feel bad for the the franchise because it's, it's like you still have Pop, but how long does Pop have? Like is Pop Pop old, you know? Um, so the, the, it's kind of limited somewhat, and, and but it's time, you know. It's Ginobili's time. He looked in the fun. The funny thing is, Ginobili's been a six man for like the last eight years or whatever. Um, so it, it, and he's kind of still played his role really well. He had a good role last mm-hmm. year, you know, though kind of yeah. up and down. He still played really well. Um, so I got to give him all the credit in the world for being not just – he is one of the best international players we've ever seen. And like you said, he's a late yeah. second-round pick. No one kind of thought it was coming. Um, it, he's just – it's a sad day for the NBA and for fans of basketball to not – we're not going to see Mr. Euro step uh, anymore. But but I think it was his time. Uh, now it gives um, – more time to the bench, like the younger guys, to get in and get some 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 reps in. And um, the end of the big three of San Antonio is officially officially done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very very much so. I would say big four. Um, but well, yeah. big three, three the Kawhi. The original big three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. The original big three, the OGs. Um, absolutely. Right. Um, but yeah, like you, I mean, and and you bring up a good point. Like, as far as like how how lady was picked, I mean, I, I can only really think of one other person off the top of my head. Like, I'm I'm sure there are others, but off the top of my head, who was picked? Um, actually, he was undrafted, um, and that's Ben Wallace. Like Ben Wallace was undrafted, um, right. and Ben Wallace. The, the, either is a Hall of Famer or probably will be a Hall of Famer. Um, I'm not positive on that. Uh, but, like, uh-huh. he was he on was undrafted on the cusp, right. But, like, Ginobili, like, being drafted as late as he was, as late as he was, I mean, that's that's unprecedented for somebody like that. Like, usually when you get a guy – who's drafted that late, who's really good, you get, like, an Isaiah Thomas, who has, like, lightning in a bottle for a season or two um, and is, like, really good, but, like, never, like, put together enough years of solid play in order to, like, really make a make a strong run at, like, a Hall of Fame, um, you know, type career. Uh, like you know, the guy who comes to mind for me would be like, do y'all remember Michael Red, uh, Milwaukee Bucks? 
Yeah, of course, Michael. Right? Yeah, yeah. He was on the job that cat for the was team, really, really good for like three seasons. Like, yeah, really was. good. Right? Like, yeah, it was all level at or, one point. Yeah, or uh, I got one more for you, Mikhail Petrus. Like that cat I like was really I love good. Yes, yeah, he, was, he was really fucking good for like two or three seasons. Um, and that's usually what you get. I, I think Red was like an earlier. I think he was a first rounder. I, I don't. I don't remember at all what Peaches was. Um, but that's like usually what you get if you get like a a late, late, you know, uh, second round pick to turn into like a solid player. You don't. Mm-hmm. Like it's so rare that you get like a Manu Ginobili or a Ben Wallace. Like those are those are just the only two guys I can even think of in that sort of. Um, stratosphere. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just find that they really yeah, don't start in you know, the 90s. And all-star appearances. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, Juwan, <laughs> your thoughts uh, on Ginobili? Uh, what a career, man. I mean, the, the, the guy, like you guys said, came out of nowhere. Uh, the biggest thing I always uh, was curious about with Ginobili was uh, I don't knock him being a great player, so I won't even go there. Um, was he one of those players that was just an elite system guy? Like, he just flourished in that Popovich system um, that he spent his entire career um, in? Or was it that he was just that damn good? I had always wondered that about Ginobili and Parker. I'll get to see that with Parker uh, this year, even though I can't judge him much, he's super old, but I get to kind of feel a little bit about, um, you know, what Parker looks like outside of pop system. Um, but Manu is just like, I don't know, man. He's, he's just, he's one of those legendary guys. Joel said it perfectly. Mr. Eurostep. Um, I yeah. feel as though James Harden owes a lot to Ginobili. Uh, oh, yeah. he just looks like James Harden's game is all Ginobili. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the guy is definitely a bona fide Hall of Famer, had an amazing career. Um, the Spurs are going through what um, I fear my Patriots will have to go through at some time, which is an end of an era. It's like everyone's gone. I'm sure Pop is, is on his way out at some point. Um, and, and then it'll just be a truly sad day. That There's no more Pop in the NBA, no more Duncan, no more Ginobili, no more Parker. Uh, it'll just, it'll be really sad. Um, but it was an, a, a really amazing ride. And I definitely thank Manu for everything he's done for the game. Uh, I don't know if there'll ever be anyone like Manu Ginobili. Uh, well, besides his carbon copy and Harden, but, uh, what he brought right. defensively also, uh, cause he was a complete yeah. package. He was very feisty I'm, on defense. Mm, ahead, a gold go. medalist. Absolutely. Was I was absolutely. just about to ask this. I want to I want to pose this question because I saw it on a uh, I want to I want to say it was just a random meme, um, but it, it it struck me like it it struck a chord with me and I think um, Joel maybe you already know the meme I'm about to bring up or or I, at the very least I think it'll strike a chord with you too. Um, okay. But it was like basically what this meme said was. Manu Ginobili's 2004 gold medal is more impressive 
than both of Kevin Durant's uh, finals MVPs. <laughs> and I agree. Like, dude, Argentina, <laughs> leading an Argentinian team to a gold medal in the Olympics. Okay, first of all, I already got, I already got the Olympics teams pulled up here. Um, you're talking about a team. <laughs> this is the Argentinian team. All right. Uh, Manu Ginobili, of course, uh, Luis Scola, and Carlos Delfino uh, were, like, the three, like, NBA players that, like, I know. Okay, here's, you know, who else we got. Uh, Gabriel Fernandez, don't know him. Leonardo Gutierrez, don't know him. Uh, uh, Walter Herman. uh, I know him. Alejandro. Oh, okay, there we go, Herman, yeah. Uh, Alejandro uh, Monte Montechia, uh, don't know him. Uh, I don't know Fabrizio him. Oberto, uh, Pepe Sanchez, okay. I don't know. Uh, Hugo uh, Sconocini. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm like good. No idea. I'm, I'm, uh, and and then Ruben. Uh, well. Volkowski's. I don't. I don't know. I don't fucking say that. Um, yeah, like, so like even the players that you're like, I know that I've heard that name, right? I remember them. Maybe they were like a, you know, played like were like bench warmers throughout the league. Like, right. they took that team and managed to uh, get a gold medal when the United States had Carmelo Anthony. Carlos Boozer, Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, LeBron James, Richard Jefferson, Stefan Marbury, Sean Marion, Lamar Odom, Emeka Okafor, Amari Stoudemire, and Dwayne Wade. Uh, pretty much, like, almost everybody on that list is a Hall of Famer. Um, short of, like, Emeka Okafor, Lamar Odom, uh, Miss Stoudemire, you know, may not be... Um, but, like, I, most of those guys, I would say at least half of those guys are, anyway. I mean, definitely Mello, Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, LeBron James, um, Dwayne Wade, uh, probably Richard Jefferson. I mean, he was really, really good when he was with the Nets. Uh, I think he would mm-hmm. probably be all Hall of Famer. Um, uh, and, and probably Sean Marion, uh, just because, and, and probably Stefan Marbury, because re, re, keep in mind, this is not the NBA Hall of Fame. The NBA doesn't have a Hall of Fame. This is the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. So right, it's, right. it's basically any player's particular basketball achievements, and like Stefan Marbury's uh, achievements in China would play into effect just as, you know, say somebody like, you know, Christian Leitner gets to continuously live off of his greatness at Duke, despite the fact yeah. that he was a terrible NBA player. Uh, well, not terrible. Well, I mean, Marbury, not, very so far. Let's not, let's not forget Marbury's biggest accomplishment. He got paid not to play. He got paid <laughs> not to play. That is, that is possibly one of the biggest achievements of Marbury's career, to be hated by his coach so much that the coach was like, listen, I'll pay you. Yeah. Just don't show up. He was like that. Yeah. He was eating. He was eating Vaseline at one point. You had to. You had to worry. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let, let's digress a little bit, fellas. Um, I do want to actually ask this question: um, Is Ginobili leading 
the Argentinian team to a gold medal more impressive than KD winning back-to-back NBA championships with the Warriors and winning back-to-back in, uh, finals MVPs. I'm going to throw it to you first, Joel, because um, I feel like you're going to agree with me. So I'm going to throw it to you first. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'll probably not as strongly agree, but I don't completely disagree at all. Because I, uh, it's funny you mentioned it, because I did not see that specific meme, but I saw a meme very similar. And it was, again, comparing KD's two championships. But this time it was, uh, like, Dirk's um, team that, that beat the Heat. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. That, that one championship yeah. with Dirk, that's way more for Dirk against that big, you know, Heat squad against what KD did with those Warriors. And it's true. Yeah. And you can't really hold it against that. Now, don't get me wrong. That was also the year that, that U.S. realized we were sleeping on the rest of the world. You know, Argentina right. woke up the U.S. They were never – and that's what that's where the Redeem team came from, from that right. loss at the, at the, you know, in the Olympics. And, and that's yep. – it's just – it was so embarrassing to have the players we had. Look, those players are, were amazing, but they obviously weren't putting enough care into it. And I don't – and I, if I remember correctly, LeBron, Melo, and, and Wade, I don't believe, played much during that Olympic run. They, they were on the bench behind a lot of the vets. But still, the point was – they didn't take it seriously, and they got their ass whooped at the end of the day. And it, uh, they were led by Mano Ginobili in Argentina. And Argentina was good for a very long time, and a lot of it was yeah. because of money. So, and he yeah. was their best player. He is their best player. So, yeah, you can't take that away from him. And if anything, that's one of the aside from the fact that he won championships and put up the numbers and has been a six-man candidate. Uh, did he win six-man? I believe he did, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, seven, oh, eight. You can't. Right. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think there's a debate, in my opinion. No. No debate. No. Like, if you say Mondo Ginobili is not a Hall of Famer, like, get the fuck out of this. Whatever room I'm in, you better get the fuck out of it. Because uh, right. um, I'm, I'm not opposed. <laughs> I'm not opposed to throwing, throwing, some, uh, throwing some bows for Manu. Uh, I'm just, just going to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, Juwan... Um, what's more impressive to you, Manu leading uh, Argentina to a gold medal in 2004 or KD's back-to-back uh, finals MVPs? I don't know, um, mainly because it's we know how difficult it is to get to the finals once. Um, and it's not, it's not like the West is the East, so it's not like he had a cakewalk to get, to Very get there. Very true. Uh, I'll admit it wasn't probably as difficult um, as a journey kind of as Manu getting walk. through. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, in respect of like LeBron getting to the finals, like each of the nine, 10 years he did in the East, I'd say it's a lot easier Eight. than the yep. Warriors doing their back to back. But I mean, I don't know. Cause I don't want to take it from either of them. I think Manu uh, doing what he did was, was amazing. I mean, especially like Joel said, not many people would have thought if you, mentioned all those names, Argentina would have beaten them. Um, right. You know, but in, in the same in the same vein, uh, the biggest complaint a lot of people had when KD signed to Golden State was, how many balls, like, are, are, do you have? Like, how is it going to work with, with Steph wanting to be the guy, KD coming in wanting to be the guy? Like, how is all that going to work? Um, and we saw Miami when they first formed, how they struggled for a bit. They even lost their first finals uh, together. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a sure thing of, you get these huge names together and they're just winning off the bat. 
for Golden State to get together with all those big egos. Well, let me not say big egos, but all those big names uh, and make it work right off the bat. I mean, that's, that's, that's huge. That's, that's huge. I don't think we've seen that before. Uh, that many people coming that's together. Not the same. To, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's not the same thing as Miami though. Like, cause you had to incorporate. No, 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 I'm not going to, I'm not comparing it to to Miami. I'm just saying in reference to getting uh, a group of guys like that together and then winning your first championship first year together. One guy. Okay, but basically what they asked of Kevin Durant was do what Harrison Barnes did, but do it way better because you're Kevin Durant, and we'll give you more shots than we gave Harrison Barnes. Like that's essentially what – that's that's not that hard. Like I, I don't yeah. I don't buy into the notion that like it was ever at any point hard for Kevin Durant to fit into the Golden State Warriors system. They play no. team basketball. Like it's I'm not, not, I'm not it, saying it was. I'm not, saying that the conversation around the signing was how is it all gonna work out? I mean you he signed fresh off of Steph, I believe, being the M V P. So it was like Steph is, is the guy. How is Durant mm-hmm. gonna come in with Steph wanting to be the guy. And I, right. I'll tell you this, well, I'll be completely Steph. honest. I didn't expect they, Steph to take a step back. I mean, the only reason Dwayne Wade did was is because he saw, like, okay, I can't be the Dwayne Wade the I used to be. Yeah. And yeah. LeBron was obviously the guy. Yeah. Did the same exact thing. I, I never saw that coming. I thought that very was going to be a bit of a struggle. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying, I'm not comparing Miami to, to Golden State. I'm just saying to get a guy like like when Dwayne Wade and LeBron first got together, they were already, like, really good friends. So it was just yeah. a matter of, like, okay, well, who's going to defer to who? I don't know if Steph and Durant were as close as LeBron and Dwayne Wade were. Well, so you know, it was an easier it. transition. And I think right. Steph but and KD complement each other better, <laughs> and honestly, just because they're both shooters. But, they really don't get each right, other's way, you know. Very true. But <laughs> it's, it's a completely of, different positions. It's a matter of like when the clock when the clock comes down and you need that last shot. Like I get it, they're a very selfless team, but they've never had to like between Clay, Steph, and Draymond. It was never a doubt on who the I biggest would, name out of the three of them were. So it was like okay, I the ball is going to probably go to Steph. Go ahead. I'm yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I would just say I think that Steph's missed shot at the end of the finals. Um, in which they lost to Cleveland. I think that, along with KD signing, cemented who is taking the last shot. Like if you want, right? If, like if you want somebody to take the last shot, like that's why you brought KD there. Like KD is going to take yeah. the last shot. Like Steph, Steph is is is, is fucking amazing. Um, and I I have no doubt in my mind that he would be an even better player than he is today had KD not signed there. And, like, because we would see so much more potential out of him that we're, we're not seeing. Um, but that being said, I think this team is way better for having KD. Um, and Steph, you know, the consummate professional is like, dude, I'm willing to sacrifice whatever, you know, quote-unquote potential I could reach to, you know, for the team – um, so long as you fucking pay me. And they did. <laughs> they gave yeah. him that five year max deal. So, um so uh I, I I guess I see what you're saying, um, 
uh, to a to a large part, um, to a large extent, um, as far as uh, the, the the dynamics of everything. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, it's, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's interesting. Uh, Look at in the me, at the end of the day, Katie's yeah. rings are tainted. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. <laughs> <laughs> I would never agree on that. Wait, wait, wait. You, you we'll, don't have we'll to get agree. into that. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get in. We'll get into that. So basically, what you're saying is, uh, you know, uh, Manu's uh, gold medal is more impressive, right? I, yeah, I would say so. Even though I have my, I, I can argue against it, and there could be an argument against it, but um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Anyway, let's move on. Let's uh, let's get into our next topic. We've already spent 30 minutes on this one. Uh, David West also announced his retirement. Um, David West, fucking hell of a player, like great, great player. I had pulled up David West stats to compare them to Ginobili's because, um, you know, in prep for this, I was like, you know, Manu, obvious Hall of Famer. David West kind of seems like a fringe guy, and so I just wanted to like look at his numbers versus Manu's. To like, to to see if I could get past the perception um, of of the players, um, so I so I did, and they're eerily similar. Uh, David West had four, uh, fourteen thousand thirty four points in his career. Uh, Ginobili, one second, had fourteen thousand forty three points. So there's nine, literally nine points difference uh, between the two. Um, of course, West had more blocks, more rebounds. Uh, uh, Ginobili had more steals, more assists. Uh, they they both shot very well from the free throw line. Ginobili shot about one uh, percent better, eighty two point seven percent to uh, West eighty one point seven percent. Uh, West had a better field goal percentage, of course, uh, especially earlier in his career. He took a lot more shots inside. He didn't space out uh, and start shooting threes till later in his career. Basically, honestly, the last, like, three years in his career, um, just, the, you know, the way the, the league transitioned, he, you know, pretty much, you know, ironed out his game and, and, and spread the floor a little bit. Um, but even still, like, those were at, at – very, very, very few attempts. Like, he didn't take a lot of threes. Um, but all that being said, I, I want to ask you, uh, and I'll start with you on this one, Juwan. Uh, David West, is he a Hall of Famer in your mind? And the fact that he's, like, so close, like, his numbers are so closely tied to Ginobili. I mean, played close to the same amount of seasons. Uh, I think, uh, with, uh, let's see, uh, 15, 15 seasons to Ginobili 16. Uh, and he was so, so good for the Hornets and Indiana. Of course, like, we, we know him now for, you know, recently for the, his run with the Warriors and he had that one year with San Antonio. But, like, is he a Hall of Famer in your eyes? And and if he's not, like, 
why would you say he's not? And and two, like why is it that it's just a prevailing thought that despite the NBA numbers, Ginobili is so clearly a Hall of Famer, but we have to ask ourselves, like, is David West a Hall of Famer? Like, what's 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 your thought on that? Well, I consider David West a Hall of Famer because I consider Amari Stoudemire a Hall of Famer. Um, I and I, I feel as though if Amari's a Hall of Famer, uh, no slight to Amari by, by any means, but his career was definitely cut short um, with all those injuries. Like, as soon as he left right. Phoenix, it seemed like all the injuries that Phoenix had been holding at bay came flooding once he left. Uh, so I don't know what the hell kind of voodoo they do over there. Uh, or used to. Um, but, yeah, I consider Amari Stoudemire a Hall of Famer, so I don't get why David West can't be. I mean, Amari, to me, is a Hall of Famer with no rings. David West has two. So it's like, all right, you want to throw rings in there. Well, David West got them. All right, numbers. David West got them. So, I mean, I mean, impact uh, as far as, you know, what he did for his two, uh, his two teams, because I only consider – Hornets and uh and Pacers. I don't really count Spurs, Golden State. Um nope. so I mean David West, uh, for the Hornets, like you said, I'll tell you what, Nick, I cannot remember, uh, just off the top of my head, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, just off the top of my head. A more just like underdog feeling like that year Chris Paul and David West took it to the Lakers. I, I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever rooted for Chris Paul more than I did in that series because he just mm-hmm. had so much fire. But there was yeah. no help outside of him and David West, and they were playing Kobe in his prime. So I'm like, mm-hmm. geez, like, come on. Like, I need someone else to step up. That series was so much fun. Reminds me of that Denver team, man. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. The Denver team that took that LA team, 7. Right. That team was, was so much fun. Uh, there was so much fire between Chris Paul and David West. They just had no other help um, to, to kind of help push it over. Um, and then those Pacer series against the Heat, I mean, listen, David West, you can't blame David West for coming up against Kobe and then coming up against LeBron. Um, yeah. You know, he helped, he helped his teams take those two guys, those two legends, uh, as far as they possibly could go. Um, unfortunately, they just didn't have the help. Uh, he didn't have the help on each of those two teams to push them over, those two legends. Um, so I definitely consider him a Hall of Famer. I think the only reason why Ginobili to a lot of people is a lock is because Ginobili isn't just a legend in the NBA. He's a legend internationally. So it's yeah. what he brings internationally um, that you just look at and you go, Come on, like this guy is a legend. Like this, this Manu mm-hmm. is is like one of one of the you know the best to do it. And we just finished saying you could look at Harden and go, wait, is that like a bearded Ginobili? <laughs> like to it to it you know to a degree. So I mean, it's like Manu uh, has his handprint on the game. I think maybe fifteen twenty years from now, I think a lot more people might remember Manu than they do David, uh, and that's because he was internationally known. Um, and I mean, so many people consider him, I mean, shoot, you had Messi go on Twitter saying how much he loves, um, Ginobili and how much he meant to him. 
so, I mean, that, that expands so much. When David West called it a quits, I think I only saw, like, Paul George, like, say, I love you, man. Like, you're a brother. You went to war with me, man. So, I mean, that that's what it speaks to. Manu is a bigger name than David. So, I think that's why it's like, well, that's a lock. Um, but I, I don't think that that's, uh, you know, a knock to David West. David West is one of those blue-collar guys who put his hard hat on, went to work, did what he had to do. Um, and, you know, was huge for his, his, his team. So I do think David West is, is a Hall of Famer, uh, and it's, he had a really great career, and I think he was a hell of a player. Word. Uh, same question to you, Joel. Um, essentially, you know, what's the difference? Why is it that Ginobili is like this – the despite their numbers being so eerily similar, why is it that Ginobili seems so far and above West in our minds, uh, in your opinion? And do you think West ultimately is a Hall of Famer? I I do. I I think he's fringe, but at the end of the day, I think he'll make it. Um, Mm -hmm. He does have have his rings, even though he didn't win it during his prime years. Um, Right. He does. He he had his All Star appearances. He was second fiddle uh, to Chris Paul in New Orleans, and then he was um, second, well, second third in, in Indiana when he was there. Um, yeah, Roy. Hibbert he was, was really second. Yeah. Right, exactly, and it was, it was one of those things. But he was he was really good, but he was never he was never a big name. Like he was never the first person you right. think of as the best power forward in the game, or this no. or the best at this or the best at that. Um, he was always he was on the list, top ten, <laughs> but he was never right. at the top or yep. top five or anything. You know, and I think Ginobili at one point was one of Right, and you could even argue, uh, but you could say Ginobili was probably the best sixth man or he got Ginobili was one of the best shooting guards in the league. Uh the yeah. or the best um international shooting guard. Um and you could say because of the fact that they were always in the finals, the people know who this guy was, he's more flashy. He's a more entertaining right. player. Uh, David West was more of a banger, and he could definitely had a nice uh, outside uh, shot, oh, yeah. shot and everything. But Ginobili had the the, the yeah, that long range and he was too, a, kind of like Lamarcus yeah. Right, and he was freaky athletic for a dude. You, right, and Ginobili is just a dude that you did not expect to be as as athletic as he is. <laughs> and he had right. the crazy. He just did some weird shit. He did the whole thing with the bat. Everybody remembers him taking out a bat in the middle of a game. Um, Ginobili's always going to be remembered for a lot of different things. Uh, and he was part of the core three of the Spurs for years, for years. He's, they were there. They're always in the finals. They're always, he's going to always be remembered as that. And so David West is, is there because he does have numbers. He has everything you need to get there. It's just going to take him long because the notoriety is not there. And I agree with Juwan. I think Amari will make the Hall of Fame at some point. I think he's there. I think he's also a guy that's fringe because he kind of his injuries kind of screwed him at the end of the day. But he did go overseas after he retired in the NBA, and he did win a championship in Europe. So, or at least in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Uh, we got uh, Luke Alves joining us now. Luke, what's up, man? Uh, hey, man, I hate to disappoint, but no, I, I was just calling in because I was listening. But, you know, you guys are doing a good job. Hey, well, we appreciate it, man. What's your name? Naj. Naj? Yep. Word, man. Oh, welcome. Uh, well, 
Huh. Yeah, very much so. Welcome. Uh, what's your take on uh, Manu Ginobili, David West, Hall of Fame, all that jazz? What you got? Yeah, I think a, a good source on this man is uh, go to Basketball Reference where they do the you know the kind of Hall of Fame calculator. Oh, I got it pulled up right it's now, a, man. I got it pulled yeah, up right it's now. Tool to mess with, man. But uh, I, I don't think David West is getting in. I, I don't think David West is close to a Hall of Famer. I think he's a really wow. good player that maximized yeah. all of his talent. Like David West left nothing on the table as far as like potential and everything else. He is the best of what he could be which is a solid player, solid pro, and, and, you know, he's a good dude outside of that. So he's a respected dude, uh, one of my favorite guys just because of who he is. But as far as a basketball player, like that power forward position where there's a huge log jam of, of guys, I, I just don't see him getting in. Now, Ginobili, on the other hand, uh, Ginobili's not only getting in, but he's getting in quickly. Uh, he's the best player from his country. And I think as basketball becomes more international, that matters more. It's kind of the Yao Ming effect. So the best yeah. Argentine basketball <laughs> player, he has a history playing in Europe, he had, and he has the history here, winning championships, popularized the Euro step. Uh, that wraparound was nasty when he was young and still had the bounce in his legs. That wraparound behind the back he used to do to get by people. Oh, yeah. Man, look, Ginobili, yeah, Ginobili's one of those guys. But it, it, he's mainly getting in, though, because of, uh, you know, being the player in the, from his country and the ambassador uh, for Argentina to basketball. But, yeah, I, I think there's no question Ginobili gets in. Yeah, man, I, I mean, I ultimately agree with you. I think, again, I think Ginobili is a lock. I think David West is, is a fringe guy. And I I think he might get in, but I totally see where you're coming from, like, he is a, a very, very solid player. But, like, do you want to include very, very solid players into the NBA Hall of Fame? No, you include the greats. And is he one of the greats? And, like, the fact that uh, Ginobili, you know, he's – yeah, they both made two all-star teams, but Ginobili won a sixth man of the year. He won uh, – or he got uh, two all-NBA team um, uh, votes or uh, or um, appointments. Uh, he won a gold medal for the Argentinian team, not the USA team, the Argentinian team. Like, that's one of the most remarkable things pretty much ever. Uh, so, like, yeah, Ginobili's a lot. Dave West, very, very fringe candidate. Um, I'm not sure that he makes it in either. Uh, I, I think I might side with you on that one, Raj. Uh, but anyway, um, we're going to move on, oh, Raj. You want to stick with uh, us for Amari? one more topic? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They brought up Amari. What, what's your thoughts on Amari? Yeah, I think Amari gets in. I just think we need we need time to kind of separate Amari from the end of his career because the end of his career wasn't what it was. But, man, we remember Amari as an 18-year-old rookie dunking on Timmy, dunking on everybody. Like, nobody could handle him. And it wasn't a Steve Nash creation because he did it to people when he was playing with Marbury. Uh that young Amari mm-hmm. before the surgeries, man, that dude was a monster. And, you know, he's got the numbers yeah. to back it up. So I just think we need time to kind of get a better view of Amari, man, because right now we're looking at the, the last years, and you know. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, I mean I, I, I'm a huge fan of Amari. And what I'm saying does not detract from the fact that I think he is definitely uh, Hall of Fame uh, worthy. But – 
I think we have to remember, if you want to count the years before Nash, Amari was really good. Nash took him to a whole nother level. Like, I felt as though that was a 2.0 version of uh, Stockton and Malone. Like, that was just, like, the way sure. that they were just so in sync with each other. Nash took him to another level. I would even say, to a degree, Nash and that system is how Amari got that insane contract from the Knicks. Because Amari just looked unstoppable with Nash. And yeah, like, but, but, but that's like, that, I made that point because I don't want people to get confused and think Nash made him, though. I'm just trying to separate no, and say, look, this him. is what that yeah. dude beforehand. But with with an all-time point guard, he became even more unguardable. And that pick and roll, right. I mean, there that, that was nothing you could do. You just had to concede the three. But, yeah, we, we the forget about on the floor, sports. man. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Marion playing that, that the floor and great. playing up-tempo, Jim Jackson mm-hmm. and all those guys they had. Yeah, that team was ridiculous, man. But, yeah, Amari, man, and, and he's one of the worst defenders to ever exist. Like, we can <laughs> we can recognize that, too. But <laughs> A lot of guys absolutely. you can put on that list. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But I will say, but I will Amari, say, I will say if you feel as though Amari is, is uh, a Hall of Famer, I don't think the gap between him and David West is that big that that if Amari makes it, it's far-fetched for David West to be right after him is all I'm saying. I kind of feel as though the gap isn't that wide. Like, Amari's not Shaq. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like uh, yeah, Amari. Yeah, but when you're like, one of the I think plus PPG guys as opposed to the team's PPG guys, that is a huge goal of, of, of talent when you can do that every night, 25 and nine, yeah. you know what I mean, a couple assists. Like, David West could do that on his best nights, but those were his best nights. Like, I, I just don't think he's in that rarefied air like those guys. Like, man, pull up those Amari numbers, man. They're ridiculous. First first yeah. five years or so, yeah. it's like 20, 10, and 55 from the field. Like, it was, mm-hmm. it was nasty. Yeah. I sure. Love that yeah, guy. Yeah, for sure. For he's sure. trying to come back this um, year, too. Bastard. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he's trying. Oh, no. Don't do it. Oh, no. Don't do it, man. Big three is calling your name. I'm just saying. No, um, he's already here. <laughs> he was in the uh, finals in the big three. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. Well, there, you know, there you go. That's, that's, <laughs> there you go. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Um, but anyway, uh, I want to move on. Uh, hey, hey, Raj, you want to stick with us for one more topic, man? Yeah, yes, sir, man. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Um, so we got some NBA rule changes. Uh, we got we have three big rule changes. Uh, there's the the hostile act rule, the clear path rule, and the shot clock rule. So the hostile act rule, uh, basically they're going to be stricter uh, with more ejections. Um, Basically, like if you if you do anything to uh, incite, you know, violence, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be quicker to eject you. Um, which you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it's fucking bullshit. Like, come on, like, we, 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 shit, we want to see some bites. Like, I want to see Bill and Beer esque <laughs> shit. Uh, I want to see it. I don't I don't care. Uh, I mean, I get it. I just it it, it doesn't strike a chord with me. Um, there's a clear path rule, uh, so no more intentional fouls to stop fast breaks. So essentially, like it, it's, it doesn't matter if you know the guy is ahead of you know 
it, it's basically there's no more like soccer offsides rules. Um, if there's a guy ahead of you, somebody like hacks the shit out of you um, to stop you from getting to the basket, like that's now a clear pass foul, um, which is good. Like to me, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know about everybody else, but I want to see like people like challenging uh, fast breaks at the basket. Like that, that is super exciting. Uh, way, way cooler for the for the sport, in my opinion. Uh, the shot clock uh, will be reset to 14 seconds upon offensive rebounds. Now, this one's kind of controversial, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of people saying, like, it, it I guess, will, uh, I, I don't know. Like, it, it'll be bad for teams that are really good at, at getting rebounds on the offensive end. I I don't necessarily, like, I don't mind it, honestly. Like, it just speeds up the game. It speeds up, the, the, like, when you have to shoot the ball. Um, obviously, teams will have to adjust to it. You will ultimately see teams that still resort back to going through the motions when they rebound the ball. They'll kick it out. Everybody will move it around. And then all of a sudden there'll be three seconds on the clock and, and some guy will have to fire up a shot that'll be airballed and, and then there'll be a shot clock violation. Like we will see that plenty of times before players adjust to it because, you know, as a as a basketball player or any other walk of life, like you get used to how you do things and when the rules change, you have to adjust. Um, but once that adjustment is made, I actually think it'll be good for the NBA. I think, uh, you know, a 14-second um, shot clock reset uh, upon an offensive rebound, like it's, it, it eventually is going to result in, in a shot being put back towards the bucket sooner. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't result in, you know, teams at, in crunch time when, you know, they're they're trying to run out the clock and they shoot up a shot, they miss it, and they get the rebound, and then they can milk 24 more seconds, and you're like, fuck! Like, like I just want, I want to see some basketball. Like, I don't want to see you milk the clock. Um, so, like, <clears throat> I actually like that rule, very much so. Uh, Joel, I'm going to throw it to you first. <clears throat> Hustle Act rule, uh, clear path rule, Shot clock rule. What are your thoughts on each of those three? Uh, the one that uh, stood out to me the most in the, as soon as you said it was the clear path one. That one's gonna take me a little getting used to. I'm just so used to people like as soon as there's a free space, they foul right away. I think it's. Yeah. I guess overall, it'll end up being one of those like oh, I guess it's worked out for the best because it does slow down the game and you're like oh it's a clear path and they get the ball back and it's so annoying. Uh, so you're saying they're eliminating that rule is what you're saying. Yeah, well, pretty right. much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. what it is. I mean, basically, um, what yeah, what the rule is 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 like it doesn't matter if there's somebody in front of you anymore. Like if you intentionally foul somebody who is you know on a on a on a fast break, um, that's now a clear pass foul. Oh, okay. So- so, so now, and like now, essentially, you get the shots. Like you can't foul somebody intentionally when they're when they're trying to on a, when they're on a fast break. Otherwise, they get right. They you get you, you got to defend them. Right, right. You have yeah, to, they're going to exactly. force you to defend it instead of yeah. automatically fouling. 
I'll take that. I like yeah. that. I'll, I'll work with that. The whole shot clock thing, like you said, it's just going to make – both of those rules are just going to end up making the, the, the game quicker. It's the more – less stoppage. Um, this might – I mean, at least the, the clear pass all might instigate the whole uh, aggressive rule. They might work in tandem together. <laughs> like, I didn't foul on my promise and all this extra bullshit, and then they'll probably get upset and get ejected. But that yeah. – look, we come from a different time. We liked when they used to fight and argue, and they were allowed to – uh-huh. and nowadays they're, they're, they're quick to pull the trigger and throw you the fuck out. And that was last year. <laughs> so that was before they changed the rules. <laughs> they were throwing people up, you know? So I can't imagine how many people are going to – especially uh, with the Cousins and fucking uh, <laughs> Green on the same team together. That's going oh, to be Oh, God. Fun. Thanks, KD, man. <laughs> KD got thrown out so many times last year. Oh, I can't wait for that that game where all three of them get ejected. That's going to be good. Oh, anyway, that's going to be great. That, that's, that's, where, that's, where the, that's where I am with those, uh, those rules. I hear you. All right. Uh, 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 Raj, right? Yeah, well, Naj, but it's okay, man. Don't worry about it. Naj, uh, my Naj. bad, man. My bad. My no, bad. Uh, all right, Naj. Um Hot slack rule, clear path rule, shot clock rule. What are your thoughts on each of those? In whatever yeah, order you well, want to address them. Yeah, the, the hot slack rule, like you said, of course, it's going to increase scoring. Uh, and the only problem with that is you're leaving things up to the official's interpretation, which means some calls mm-hmm. are going to be blown yep. or they're going to be controversial. Uh, just imagine James Harden with that rule in his in his pocket, like, oh, okay, oh, as long as it looks like I'm going into shooting motion, oh, man, <laughs> yeah, he's going to cause some, some headaches with that one. So, hey, I, I don't mind that rule because, like you said, it'll speed it up, get some of the, the goonery out of the game. So, it's a good thing. The shot clock thing is, to me, the first anti-Golden State uh, rule uh, because, basically, <laughs> big men are now going to be excited to try to get putbacks or to put the shot back up and not kick it out to reset. The difficulty right, with Golden right. State is it I takes like so I much like effort and energy to defend them on a possession, and you got to do so much closing out, helping, moving. And when they used to get those offensive rebounds and reset, you could see, like, the defense, like, oh, hell, another possession. You know what I mean? Like, it's torture. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of yeah. lessening, uh, lessening Golden State's, you know, punching power a little bit. So I think this is the first rule uh, that hurts them. Uh, that 14-second thing. But like I said, big men are going to love it, man, because they're going to put that ball up quick and say, hey, coach, couldn't reset. New rules, 14 seconds, man. We ain't got time. <laughs> so, you know, so they're going to have to come up with quick hitters and second offense to kind of figure out a way to really deal with it. But man, that's interesting, man. I, I never thought they would do something like that. And, and Pat Riley is somewhere mad as hell about that clear pass thing, I tell you that. Old school dudes are not going to like that. Yeah. I mean, shit. I uh, I will say this. I had not even considered uh, Golden State as far as the 14-second shot clock rule. But you're 100% right, man. Like, the, the, them, like, being able – not being able to, like, reset their whole offense and, like, team – like, having to kind of scramble to – like, think about it. Like, if you get a rebound, let's say uh, – I, who the hell is their center now with Cousins being hurt forever? Um, I don't even know. Like, I know Petulia and, and um, uh, uh, Javel are gone. What was it, the uh, um, Looney kid? 
the Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Javon Looney, yeah, yeah. Let's say Looney gets a rebound and then, like, has to kind of scramble for a bit, kicks it out. All of a sudden, you got 10 seconds to fucking, you know, make a make a play, like, get a shot out. And, like, that is going to put you into scramble mode, and that, that, like, gives the defense an edge. Like, man, I had not even considered that as far as, like, a possibility. That's very good insight. I really, really appreciate That's a good point. you dropping that on us, Nice. That is, that is awesome. Um, yeah, I agree I with wanna, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Naj, before I let you go, um, by the way, man, just call back in any time. I love, I love uh, your input on on tonight's show, and uh, and man, just like obviously, you're you're like us. You're like one of those NBA geeks who just like loves the sport and gets into it. Yes, sir. Looking at plus minus all day, man. <laughs> Indeed, all man. I definitely call back. All right, brother. Have a good night, man. All right, same. Y'all be easy. All right, man. Peace. Well, we don't we don't usually take calls anymore, but I'm glad we took that one because it was like yeah, not was a good call. fucking cool, dude. Yeah, that was the best call yeah, we've ever had. I think. Yeah. <laughs> in the history of full court press, that yeah, was like the best call we've ever had. Um, and it was all because I thought it was Luke. Um, anyway, I, 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 I'm afraid I, I, I'm hoping Jawan will call back, but um, we do not have him on the line right now. Um, oh, jeez. So, uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna move into the Jimmy Butler topic. Um. <laughs> And we'll see where we are as far as if uh, if Juwan calls back in, and if we call them, we'll we'll figure it all out from there. Uh, chatter it abounds; it persists. <laughs> the Jimmy Butler is not happy in Minnesota. Dude has been posting up all kinds of shit on social media, like. Every time somebody posts something, like, he's giving shit a like. It's like, damn, like, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler just like that. Like, it's, all, it's, it's, it's been a little ridiculous uh, this offseason. Um, and, and, of course, there's been the reports that he's been displeased with Cal and Wiggins as far as, like, the work ethic and everything else. Um, and now sources you know, are basically saying that Butler will not re-sign with the Timberwolves. Joel, my question to you is, should the Timberwolves look to move Jimmy Butler if he's not willing to, like, verbally commit to staying in Minnesota? Yeah. I mean, I think that would be the smart business move. Um Yeah. Yeah, they have to. I mean, they they gave up too much to not get something back. I mean, that was that's always right. my argument. I don't like, I don't like losing someone for nothing unless you uh-huh. you know what you did. It, I mean, you know you have to know ahead of time like that this is gonna work out. You gotta at least see how it went. They did a whole year together. He got hurt, but they did they they did do a whole year together. They they got to the playoffs barely, uh, but they got there. They put up a good fight, but they just didn't get over the hump. They're going to try again this year. If things get worse, I would not be surprised if he gets traded by the deadline. Where? I don't know. I guess whoever has the best offer, we'll see at that time. There are a lot of options for him uh, next season. 
um, when he's available to sign us somewhere else. Um, but, yeah, I would not be surprised at the slightest. And it would be smart for Minnesota to get something in return for him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing to me in general is, like, and, and it's funny, like, I was going to kind of pose this question in, in, in a certain light because you were you were kind of the one, the, the like, outlier of, of, I guess, you, me, and Juwan, who was like, you should not trade DeMarcus Cousins. And ultimately, yeah. like, you were right. I mean, the whole reason that, you know, he ended up signing somewhere else and and they got a, they lost him for nothing and all that jazz. That was injury. Um, like, I had nothing. Yeah. Like, if, if, if he had never gotten injured, they would have re-signed him. They would have given him the max, and he would have stayed, I'm sure. I'm, I'm pretty positive of that. Um, I am too. But, but, like, you know, like, Especially like mine and Juan's hang up was like you can't like and, and of course this was before Drew Holiday was like oh my god like Drew <laughs> Holiday's totally earning his contract but like we were like sure. you know like n- these two guys they can't lead this team they they this, they're going nowhere they at best they're going to be a first round exit at absolute best and then they swept the Blazers in the first round and it was just like. And that was without DeMarcus Cousins. So, ultimately, (laughs) yeah, yeah, very crazy. But ultimately, like, you know, that that was a big reason, like, why I thought this was, like, it would be an interesting dialogue with you because you were, you were, like, the one person who was, like, don't trade Cousins. Like, you, you, let's see how this plays out. It was a different situation, though. It was. Because we've we've seen it play out already. We've seen him there for the year. We've seen how right. we're already here rumbling. It's different. Before we saw half a season, we didn't know really mm-hmm. know what they can do. But and and they were the two best players at their positions, <laughs> like yeah, sure. arguably in the yeah. league. You know. Yeah. So I didn't want mm-hmm. like and you gave up a lot to get him. So I'm like you had to at least yeah. try. In my opinion, right. you had to. Uh, and it's for me, it wasn't worth it. He was the you weren't going to get equal value back. So in my no. in my opinion. So, and look, it worked out. It sucks because he got hurt and he kind of, if he's healthy at all this season, he kind of screwed the league at the end of the day. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but and, and if it's because of his injury that that even became a possibility because there's no doubt in my mind anybody and everybody would have tried to sign him this summer if he was healthy. And unfortunately it wasn't. And he got upset and said, fuck you, I'm going to go sign with the Warriors for nothing. And that's exactly what he did. He's like, I'm like, at least get a ring, or yeah. I'm gonna sit here and do nothing in rehab. And, and I get it. Yep. I understand his mindset as opposed to KD's mindset. It's two different. It, they didn't do what KD did. I, I'm not even trying to say that's the same thing. It, this is a spite move all the way. <laughs> what what the market yeah. cousin was doing, and he and he's not 100 percent yet. You know, different situation. Um, yeah. I forgot what we were talking about. Oh yeah, we're talking about Jimmy Butler the whole time. Anyway, there's a possibility <laughs> that he's going to be free next summer, uh, this summer. I mean, um, next summer. And he might be available for trade de- uh, during trade. De- and you said you had a trade of, uh, proposal for me. Uh, so I'm really wor- looking forward to hearing what you have in mind. Well, I got – I'm just going to throw you all three because you're the only person I got on here. So I'm just going <laughs> to throw you all uh, – well, I, got, I actually got <laughs> seven. But I'm going to spare you the other four. Jesus. Yeah, no, nah, there, there, there's, there's a lot of teams that would want Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah, this is my favorite. Sure. My right. favorite trade proposal. 
for Jimmy Butler. Um, Minnesota and Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks get Jimmy Butler. The uh, the Timberwolves get Malcolm Brogdon. Dante okay. DiVincenzo, who they just drafted. Um, DJ Wilson, who they drafted last year and was injured, but like is 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 kind of like a three and D um, four, yeah, no, like. Yeah, right. like, yeah, yeah. You know him, um, and then John uh-huh. Henson to make the John Henson to make the money work. Um, so that's the trade. Like essentially, if you're if you're Milwaukee, you gotta start making moves to like advance. You only got you only got Giannis for like three more seasons, like locked up. You gotta start making moves to like get your team right. up to par. So like getting a guy like Jimmy Butler to go with. Bledsoe and Middleton and Giannis and Lopez and, you know, Delvadova, Tony Snell, um, Ursan Eliasova and Thon Maker. Like, that's a great nine-man rotation. Like, you – like, I'm not going to say, like, you would be any kind of favorite to win the East, but like, you would be in the mix at least at that point. Like, you got Giannis and you got Jimmy Butler and Chris Middleton, like, that's a big three, because um, people sleep on Chris Middleton, but Chris Middleton is just a fucking damn good player. Um, I, I think he is. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, if you're Minnesota, you you know you're getting back uh, essentially three great prospects, which is what you gave up to get Jimmy Butler. Like, granted, you have to, you got to take on John Henson to make the money work, but you know it's only two years. Um, at like I think like eleven, twelve million a year, whatever, ten, somewhere, somewhere in there. Um, but you're you know you're getting Brogdon, uh, you're getting Defensenzo, and you're getting Wilson. Uh, so essentially, you know you got you got a a young core of players to kind of fit with Wiggins and Towns. Um, they kind of fit right around them. So essentially, like ideally. You'd be looking at a young core, um, if all of those players pan out, of Brogdon, DiVincenzo, um, Wiggins, Wilson, and uh, Town. So, like, you'd be essentially recouping what you gave up for Jimmy Butler. Um, what are your thoughts on that trade? Let's go through it one more thing. Before I even get, like, before we even go over the trade real quick, the, I think another key part to the Jimmy Butler's availability is the fact that he is a free agent next year, or is he a? Yes, he is a free agent next year, right? And he's a, yes. he's not restricted. He's Unrestricted not free agent. Yeah. Okay. So, you, what you're going to get back is probably not going to be a huge load because of the fact that he can leave at the end of the day. Now, Milwaukee, right. not a bad choice because you do you're going to pair him with one of the best players in the league. If not arguably exactly. the best player in the Eastern Conference in Giannis right. um, mm-hmm. But at the very least, Minnesota's going to at least Great try to get Chris Middleton. Yes, Antetokounmpo. Uh, I'm not, I, no, I I'm you're not getting away. Middleton. You, you, They're no, going to try. No way. They have to. They're going to try, but you – You can't I, not I think, at least try to get Chris Middleton for, I think, for him. Yeah, no, not gonna happen. I, don't, I, I think I think best case scenario you get Snell instead of Henson. I, that's bare minimum. All right. Like, I, All right. so you're, you're, you're giving away if you're Milwaukee, 
DiVincenzo, Malcolm Brogdon, DJ Wilson, uh, John Henson, and who? Was that it? it? That's it. No picks. No. Well, here's the thing. Maybe you include a second rounder, but, like, their pick situation is really weird because the Phoenix owns their pick for next year, but it's, like, it's got a weird protection on it, right? It's one through three protected and then 17 through 30 protected. So, like, it's it's probably not going to convey. Like, they would have to miss the playoffs for it to convey. Um, And that's just probably not going to happen. So, um, next year it's one through seven protected. So, it'll probably convey next year to Phoenix, right? So, like, essentially the next pick that you would be able to send out via because of the stepping rule, you can't send back-to-back picks would be 2022, uh, and I'm sorry, 2021. Um, and that, dude, you can't include a first-round pick like that that uh, unless it's heavily protected and, you know, will result in two second-round picks if it doesn't convey because you don't know if you're going to be able to keep Giannis that long. So, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so... That's the thing. I mean, you they, they they're not in a position to be able to deal picks. Is essentially what I'm saying. I get it, and that's think is what that's what's going to cost them because I don't think that's enough to get Jimmy Butler. I think the other teams are going to be uh, yeah. There's going to be better offers on the table, and if that's what Milwaukee has to offer, I don't think it's going to be enough. Honestly, all right. We, we haven't seen any. We haven't seen enough from DiVincenzo. Malcolm Brogdon is a good player. He won rookie of the year on a really bad rookie, rookie in general year. Like for the rookie, it was a bad year for him. Yeah, rookie campaign. And, and yeah, look, yeah. John Henson's a throwaway. Uh, is a contract, and then you have DJ Wilson hasn't done shit yet. So, you need very more, true. in my opinion. Very, very true. I would say you could throw on Sterling Brown, but mm. that ain't <laughs> that ain't gonna move. That ain't gonna move any needles. Um, <laughs> All right. What else you got? All right. Well, well, let me move on. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out trade number two. Portland. Uh, 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 yes. Um, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna this one's a little more complicated. So you okay. got Jimmy Butler and Gorgie Jang going to oh, oh uh, to Portland. Okay. Uh, well, Gorgie Jang got they three could years. Down. <laughs> yes, and and Gorgie Jang has three years left on his contract, um, something okay. that Minnesota does not need with um, at, at like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen million dollars a year. Granted, uh, they I don't like need that kind of. I think he's good. I I like him too, but not at that that amount of money. Like he definitely no, like you could, like like you could look at any contract in the NBA right now and be like, yeah, they were signed in two thousand sixteen. Um, like that's, that's just, <laughs> Sad, I'm right? serious. Like that's how it goes, right? You know, you know what I'm saying. Um, I do. But like, I do. But nevertheless, like, um, so like the two of those guys would go to Portland. Uh, in Minnesota, we get back uh, Evan Turner and well, first let's say Evan Turner. Um, okay. And that's to make that's to make the money work. Uh, right. there will be okay. two guys. That. There will be two guys later that I will I will throw out to you that you know maybe yes or no as far as a deal breaker. 
um, but Evan Turner. Okay. Um, then, you, okay. then you throw out the prospects, right? So you got Anthony mm-hmm. Simons, uh, you know, uh, recent um, – he, he was one of those kids who uh, kind of reclassified. He was a um, – he didn't play any college ball. He kind of straight out of high school um, type player. Um, but, like, really good kind of combo guard, 6'3", maybe could play the one, probably fits better at the two type player. Um, then you got Zach Collins, who's like a 4'5". Um, probably would be best as a in in today's NBA as a five with a like a a bully type four, um, but you know you could potentially play him alongside Cat. Um, your your defense probably would suffer, but your rebounds would be really good, and you know like they they can both stretch the floor. Um, so that would be another one of your guys, and then Caleb Swanigan. Uh, Another kind of like four or five guy um, who was the number 26 overall pick last season, I believe. Um, the 27 draft and I'm class you're going to give him? Sure, <laughs> I'm sure I, I, dude, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there's that. Uh, but I'm sure yeah. they're kicking, kicking themselves for not picking Kyle Kuzma. Uh, who went Ooh. one pick after to the Lakers. Oh, um, that has to hurt. Yeah. Old Caleb Swanigan. Uh, Poor but Portland. Nevertheless, oh, man, uh, Portland. Bad luck for so Portland. Those, okay, so so essentially those those three kind of prospect players plus a first-round pick, um, top 14 protected, hmm. um, which if you're giving them Jimmy Butler, they're going to make the playoffs. No worries there. Um and um, in order to make the money work, if I'm the Blazers, I'm going to offer you Myers Leonard um, because he's useless <laughs> at $10 million a year. Uh, and if I am the Timberwolves, I'm going to request Mo Harkless um, because, at, you know, I guess like 11 or $12 million a year, he's way more useful. Um for sure, I, I, it's something in that ballpark. Um, essentially, you would still get the three prospects. You would get a draft pick. Um, you would have to take on Evan Turner, and maybe Myers Leonard, but maybe you get Mo Harkless. Um, but you also get off the three-year deal from Gorgie Jang and take on two two-year deals no matter who you take from that rotation. Um, mm-hmm. So that helps as far as, like, salary cap implications. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glossing over the fact that um, the uh, Tim, or Timberwolves are, you know, getting all that, but – the Blazers are now looking at a lineup of Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Jimmy Butler, Al Farouk Aminu, and Yusuf Nurkic. Like, is that a line? Like, to me, that's a lineup that, at, at the very mm-hmm. least, you would say could compete against the Warriors um, or or any team in the West. Like, yeah, you, know, right. you put at least Jimmy Butler. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you put Jimmy Butler. Well, and that's the thing. Like, like I mean, you're going to have to give up your depth. Um, but even, even like, if my my big thing is, like, I really want to try to keep Mo Harkless and then Beal um, if, I, if I'm the Blazers mm-hmm. because he can play both the three and the four. Um, sorry, there's a helicopter going by. You can probably hear that. Um, okay. He can play both the <laughs> Three and the four, uh, and you have you just signed a slew of fucking ones and twos. You just signed like Seth Curry. You just signed Nick Stauskas. Like I'm sure one of those guys. Um, the, there was like two or three others. Like I'm sure one of those yeah. guys could step up to where you can get like a seven eight man rotation. Uh, anyway, right. um, your thoughts on that deal? Uh, as we as complicated as it is, I, I still more appealing than what uh, that that Milwaukee trade. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the problem is there's just so much that Portland doesn't have to offer that's really exciting, and they can't give yeah. them anything super exciting because Jimmy's on a one year deal, and you gotta like hope that he really likes Damian Lillard <laughs> and the <you> column <laughs> so he can stick around. And sometimes it's yeah, all but, you need, you know. See, like here's the thing. That's that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I'm picking out these teams that like are under the gun, right? Like the Blazers right. are under the gun, the the Bucks are under the gun. Like the, those are the teams that are most like like just like Toronto trading for Kawhi under the gun. Right. Like they they need to win, right? Yeah, they do. They do. Um I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, I think there's, I think another team would probably give up a little more than that. But and I'm not. I mean, what I mean by more, I mean the more uh, a, sup, a bigger supplemental piece because the best player you're right. getting out of this deal is what Mo Harkless, if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's really if the you're pick not you're gonna want Zach Collins or I mean, well, maybe Evan Turner. Uh, maybe Evan Turner uh, is probably a little. Better than Zach Collins. Yeah, Zach Turner's Collins right. will be better yeah. than Evan Turner at the end of the season, I would think. You think so? Well, Evan Turner, at the very least, is going to be a good bench player for you uh, if you're in Minnesota. Uh, he could probably even start next to Wiggins, but he's a good role player because he's a good ball handler off the bench, and he he's big right. for his his son. You know, there's a lot of for uh, he he can do things. He's just probably a little overpaid, unfortunately. For him. Um, yeah. Not for him, because obviously he's enjoying the money, but I'm saying in general for a team, he's, he's a little expensive. But, I mean, it's 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 doable if they're desperate. Uh, and Portland probably will be at that point, but will Minnesota be desperate to just say, fuck it, we'll just give it to you. Uh, we'll take back, give me the pick, give me this, give me that. I would definitely at least ask for Mo Harkless. Uh, if I have to take back every turn, it's fine. I'll take him and Maharkless and a pick and one of the bigs, either Swanigan or Zach Collins. And then have to be both. Um, <clears throat> but probably one of those two. I like Swanigan. There's something about Swanigan I actually do like. Zach Collins just reminds me of a um, smaller version of uh, Jason Smith. And that's not really the best. Yeah. I think it's better than Jason Smith, but I, I totally uh, see where it's coming from. You see what I'm saying, right? Uh, yeah, it's kind of similar. Yeah, very similar. Zach's a little feisty though, so uh, I do like his attitude at the very least. Um, 
<laughs> but hey, hey, uh, it's not. It's better than the Milwaukee deal. I would definitely consider it at the very least. So, uh, what's the next one? All right, final deal. I got. I got. Like I said, I got a few others, but um, this was the one I was going to propose to Luke. Oh. So, so, oh no. And this one. This one's simple. It's real simple. Oh, Jimmy boy. Butler and Taj Gibson for Gordon Hayward, uh, Marcus Morris, and the 2019 Memphis first-round pick. Ooh. That's what it is. So basically, Ooh. you're getting you're getting a power forward to replace Taj Gibson. You're getting mm-hmm. A guard forward, whatever. Like, I mean, I feel like Wiggins and at a two-three are interchangeable, what have you. But you're getting like a counterpart to Wiggins uh, to replace Butler, um, mm-hmm. and you're getting uh, the Memphis pick. And um, you know, uh, Butler signed on for three more years, or uh, well, two mm-hmm. more plus a player option for his, his third year. Um, mm-hmm. So you're getting some some like stability long term. Someone's gonna be there, right? Yeah, exactly. Someone you can pair with him, uh, and you can rely on. He's good. He's really good. <laughs> he's really good. And uh, the whole like broken leg thing, like as bad as it looks, like, Paul George, his injury looks just as bad, if not worse. And like broken legs, <laughs> like disgusting. they're they're not that that hard to recover from, like. You know they're 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 really not like it, it, it's way worse if you tear like tendons or muscles or like anything like that. Like it's it, it's harder to recover from them. They're much easier to tear later on. It's really hard to break a bone. Um, so like you know like those injuries usually don't. They're not like repeat offenders, if you will. Um, so that would be the deal. You would essentially get, you know, our, our, like a replacement for Jimmy and and Gordon Hayward. You get a replacement for Taj Gibson and Marcus Morris, who probably, honestly, at this point, is a better player um, than than Taj Gibson. Uh, and you would get the 2019 Memphis pick, which is probably going to be really good. It's top eight mm. protected. Um, I think they'll probably finish outside of the top eight, but Next year it's top six protected, and the following year it's unprotected. So you know you're going to get a first-round pick out of it at some point, regardless of where they finish this year and next year. Um, So, like, you get a really good player uh, to replace your really good player, um, and you get, uh, you know, a draft, a really solid draft pick. Uh, And then if you're Boston, like, yeah, I mean, you Dude, Jimmy Butler has been saying forever, or well, for this whole summer anyway, uh, that you know he would love to play with Kyrie. Go ahead and get him, and now you've got you know a starting five of Kyrie, uh, Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and then you got a bench: Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart. Um, uh, 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 Daniel Tice uh, and um, Aaron Baines. I know you're talking about. Yep, like, yep, Aaron Baines. 
that and uh, I, I I think honestly I think if if positive. if if Boston could pull that off I think I would favor Boston against Golden State I honestly think Ooh. I would because here's the thing like Brown could guard Steph Butler could guard KD you would put Kyrie on uh, Clay. And then, you know, Baines would essentially guard uh, Cousins if and when he plays. Uh, Horford would be totally equipped to body up against Draymond. Uh, And then Tatum would just kind of float and, you know, go where is needed. Um, Anyway, uh, your thoughts on my final proposal as per a Jimmy Butler trade? That is quite the the. Oof, that is a trade. Um, Jesus. Here's the thing, though. That's a good. I mean, if Minnesota gets an offer from Boston like that, I Minnesota says. I mean, you have to. I mean, there's the, especially with the way it looks like Jimmy's gonna walk away at the end of the year. If things definitely aren't working well, and that's an offer you can get from Boston. That's fucking something you do. Because Boston can't just straight up find a dude. They have no room. Uh, and Boston, at this point, even though they're they're going to probably end up winning the Eastern Conference this year. Um, they're going to probably end up making the finals. They don't need to make any moves. But if you feel that getting Jimmy Butler is the last move to get you past, not just to the finals, because they're going to do that regardless, to get you past the Warriors in the finals, I think you have a point, and I think there is a chance. That's not a bad trade proposal. I don't think it's going to be something they're going to go after because they're they're not one of those teams that are desperate for that kind of thing right now. They were good enough. They were bad, they were practically good enough last year with with two of their best players not playing. So I think they're going to probably end up sticking through it. But if at any point throughout the season they feel like they can't they can't get past the Warriors, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they jump at it and they get rid of um a bigger contract in, in Gordon Hayward. They they lose a Marcus um um sorry, uh, Marcus Morris, but they get a Taj Gibson as a good another big at least that comes out there and can do big things. Um but yeah, I I like it. It's 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 it, you got me there. I think it's a decent trade. I, I don't think the a Celtic is jumping to do it. Any like I don't know if Luke will but Luke doesn't seem like any trade that involves the Celtics. Um but I, I do think it's something. If um, looking from the outside in, I think uh, I think it's not a bad trade proposal. And I think if I, if I'm Minnesota, definitely. If I'm Boston, I'd think about it for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, if you're Boston, you, yeah, you're right. You don't have to do anything. And and, and that's funny. That's why I wanted to throw this out to Luke um, because he said no. <laughs> I, I honestly I don't know. I, I, I think he would say no. Um but like here's the thing, you you, you still have the Kings pick. So yeah. <laughs> like you know, you, you you just got Robert Williams, um which was a steal. Uh as well. But more well, like see. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. But like you still have the Kings pick. Uh, and, and and you don't have to give up any of your prospects. 
Like, that's the big thing. Like, that's what all the Kawhi trades were about, was like, we want Jason Tatum, we want Jalen Brown, we want, you know, all of these guys. Um, and it's like, dude, no, we're not giving up any of these guys. But, like, if if all you have to give up is Gordon Hayward, like, just, like, to me it's just like, just look at your lineup minus Gordon Hayward with Jimmy Butler. Like, just, just Knicks take out uh, the, the whole Taj Gibson uh, for Marcus Morris because, I mean, they're like Marcus Morris a little better than than Tosh Gibson, but the in some respects because he's more athletic. What he's definitely more yeah. of a four, a three four so than, younger than Tosh. And, right, Tosh. Right. He's not as versatile as Marcus at this point. Mm, exactly, exactly. But like the, the, those are just two expiring contracts that make the make the money work. Um, right. But, I mean, essentially, like if if you're talking about like, would I give up Gordon Hayward and a top, like, a, a, a lottery pick, a late lottery pick, because it's top eight protected, so, like, a mm-hmm. mid to late lottery pick for Jimmy Butler? Fuck yes, I would. Like, yes, and I definitely would. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> like, what, like, why would I would do give, that? No, you're right. and But it would also give Boston... A hell of a summer to have to keep both Kyrie and Jimmy together, even though that's what they yeah. wanted. But do it early, right. and they'd probably exactly. do it right away, you know? Exactly. You know? That's what I'm saying. Like, why, why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. You get to cover the backcourt everybody I, wants. <laughs> I, here's my thing. I think it would actually help you keep Kyrie Irving. Like, if yeah, you, you I, were like, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. you're right. So like, crazy, crazy thought. Yeah, <laughs> I I I don't know. I, I though I I I really really like the Milwaukee trade the most simply because. Um, <laughs> you like the Milwaukee? I, oh. I really do. Minnesota I really, <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. Um, <laughs> but I really like it for Milwaukee um, because you know, man, you you understand that's parody, man. I just I I want. I want there to be it. another team, it. another team in the East, uh, and I do you too. Know, I, I do too. As the deadline closes, uh, maybe that trade will become more viable. But as of now, I agree. Like maybe it's a little full um, premature. Yeah. <laughs> right well, <now>. I mean, <laughs> getting a lot of prospects, um, but nevertheless, yeah, <laughs> you're you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, the Boston trade is way better. Um, but it is, it is also so a question far, yeah. as to whether yeah. Boston will throw that, that trade out there. Um, That's true, too. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out, but, man, I I don't the, – the biggest thing is I don't think Thibodeau's going to trade it. I think Thibodeau's going to ride this out. Wow. He's going to leave in the off season, and then – I think ultimately Minnesota will have to be like, yeah, you're fired because um, you just fucking yeah. sink our ship, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. That's true. I mean, That'd be crazy. Start I mean, over with a new coach, but you still have your young guys. Eh, true. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, dude, how do you not see the writing on the wall, Tom? 
I know you love your guys. I know you love Jimmy. You love Taj. You love Derek. You love all your old Bulls players. Uh, might as well go ahead and make a trade for Lou Dang. Get some draft picks. And, right. uh, you know, put him on your right. roster. <laughs> yeah. hey, don't sleep. There's uh, a chance Lou Dang may end up in Minnesota by the end of this season when Jimmy yeah, gets they, paid a lot. I'm playing. <laughs> I, no, I, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, but I like, know, it's scary thought. Yeah, it really is. But, like, it's just uh, – Thibodeau frustrates me so much. He just – like, he makes smart decisions uh, from a basketball perspective, but then he makes mm-hmm. really stupid decisions from a personal perspective. Like right. – Right. I, I, man. That's that, what he is. Yeah, exactly. And I – I think the only way they end up trading Jimmy Butler is if they essentially fire him and hire new staff. And, you know, uh, I think they're going to essentially come at that a little too late and not do anything and then lose Jimmy Butler for nothing. And then you just lost Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the number seven overall pick, who, you know, the Bulls folks had Laurie Markin, and I don't know, I mean, who knows who Minnesota would have drafted. Um, I would not have drafted um, Laurie Markin to pair with uh, Carl Anthony Towns, um, just for my own personal reasons. Maybe they would have, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and, and, like, seeing how Laurie Markin has played out, I think he would have been fine next to Cat. Uh, but, um, you know, yeah. I I didn't see that going in, in into the draft. Um, I probably would have drafted a point guard, but uh, yeah. nevertheless, I I would just say, God God bless you, Minnesotans, Minnesotians. <laughs> min, 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 min. I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce your name, and I'm and I'm sorry that uh, you know you. you you're having to deal with this. I'm a Hawks fan. Joel's a Knicks fan. We 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 feel your pain. At least you made the playoffs last year. This is true. Last year. <laughs> it's true. But, uh, this is uh, true. First time, first time in like what, thirteen years, I think. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Um, let's get a couple more topics in, and then we'll close out the night. Uh, last year's rookie class was fucking awesome. Like we had. So many things like Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell, obviously, like, you know, going back and forth as far as who was going to win rookie of the year. They just mm-hmm. him and love the ball. You know, all these great rookies. Um, right. And they were putting in crazy work this offseason. Like, Ben Simmons, he just had a video that dropped of him doing, like, turnaround jumpers, um, mid-range jumpers from, like, 18, 16, 18 feet. Uh, baseline jumpers, um, you know, we've seen uh, uh, the video of uh, De'Aaron Fox going one-on-one against Lonnie Walker and just basically doing work against Lonnie Walker, who's like a really, really good defender. Um, and then, you know, we, we've also, we know that uh, Jason Tatum's been working out with uh, Kobe and, uh, you know, perfecting his game 
in 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 silence away from all the media chatter. Um, my question to you, Joel, who do you think is going to have the best sophomore season? And then question two, who do you think is going to have like the surprising sophomore season? Like who didn't necessarily have a great rookie season, but is going to like have a sophomore season to make you forget that they didn't have a great rookie season. So, uh, one, who's going to be the best sophomore? Who's going to be the most improved sophomore? Number two. Go ahead. Well, I think that's a two-fold question. I think Frank Nilkina is set up to be both of those. Mm. Uh, I would really love Damn that. Damn straight. <laughs> but I would fucking love that. My man. But, uh, I love Frank. I hope so. Frankie Nicotine. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Nilakina, the first, the French prince. Um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I really, I really am holding. I hope that Frank can bounce back. He didn't have a terrible rookie year, but it definitely didn't. It wasn't a standout by any means. Um, yeah. and, uh, sadly, because I do like the kid. And I think he was the best, probably the best defensive rookie. <laughs> I'll give him that. But that's probably it. He's yeah. Offensively, kind of, he looks scared. Um, but I do think there's a chance he could have a breakout year. I really hope. Um, I really hope so for his sake and ours, uh, that he, he steps up and at least has that rookie year where he did not stand out, and this year he could just come out of his shell. He just, he's growing. He's really young. Uh, I think he just turned 20. <laughs> like, he was 19 last year. So um, he's the guy I'm, 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 banging, I'm banking on having a good rookie, uh, I mean sophomore year. Um, the, the rookies from last year, who I think will continue it to dominate, I'm thinking, I think Spider Mitchell is, I, I think Spider is, is, He's the future. <laughs> I really think he was already um, someone that probably should have been rookie of the year. I still think it should have been a co-rookie of the year, what, uh, no matter what anyone says. Um, and yeah, I think he hell. was some – I will, I will damn right die in that <laughs> But um, um, I think he has a chance to just – not just a chance. I think he really is going to split it. I think there's a chance he makes the offside team this year. I think he's Ooh, that good. In the West? What's the chance? In the West, and I think, and um, I also think Ben also has a chance because I really thought Ben has a chance last year. So Ben Simmons yeah. also has a chance. Uh, so uh, between Ben and Spider, um, and, uh, even those are the obvious easiest answers. Um, this, like you said, it was such a good rookie class. It's hard to, to choose just one because I think everyone, well, not everyone, obviously, but a lot of the ones that stood out are going to stay good. I don't think anyone's going to drop off drastically. I think, if anything, guys that didn't have great rookie years might have better second years, and that that class will probably be even better this year because of it, in my opinion. I really hope there's no giant drop-off, at least. But so far, there's a chance this class may look even better this season, because I think some of the other guys from last year will probably end up playing better. Hopefully. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I yeah, I see where... I ultimately agree with you. I, I, I mean, I think it, the the fact that last year's class was as good as it was was surprising enough. I think mm. those who were that good are going to continue being that good, and we're going to see those players who needed some time progress. Um, to me, I think I, I, I'm, of, I'm of two minds. I think the best player this year from last year's quote-unquote rookie class, uh, not draft class, but rookie class, 
uh, I think Ben Simmons is going to uh, like turn it on. I think I I agree with you that that Mitchell's going to continue to be great and and dominate and and and, and progress and all that. Um, but I think Ben Simmons is already a, a slight notch ahead of him and is going to continue to be a slight notch ahead of him. Um, the fact that he's been working on his mid-range game, um, he's just kind of trying to space floor a little bit. He's trying to add a few little quirks to his game, a little, little turnaround jumper, a little Kobe-style jumper. Um, I, yeah, I think Simmons is going to uh, be awesome. And I think pairing uh, once Fultz gets healthy and comes back and, and, and you know, makes everything awesome – I think that's going to be the kicker. Um, and that is where I'm going to go next. I think Fultz, uh, the forgotten rookie, uh, will be the guy. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, I, oh. I, yeah. I completely I, I, forgot. I completely... <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, everybody has. And, like, that's the thing. Like, he is going to – I think he's going to show out this season. I think, like I said, um, I think the last show we had – uh, I threw uh-huh. out the notion of him, like interjected into the starting lineup, and I think that's going to happen. Like kind of halfway yeah. through the season, I think they're going to give him. Thing, like, you got to yeah, stay I, hurt I, the first year. I yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Well, and it's and it's totally being honored uh, by uh, Zaire Smith, who is going yeah. to be out the majority <laughs> of the season. Yeah. Um, that's so, so true. God damn. Yeah, the curse. It's, it's just. It's a thing, um, but uh, but yeah, like no, I, I I think Fultz will be awesome. I think we'll see. Um, essentially, uh, I think you'll see him in starting lineup as their point guard, and I think you'll see uh, Simmons kind of adapt to like this point forward, small forward, mm. power forward role um, defensively. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that only makes act. sense. It, yeah, it's basically like, dude, you you have if if um, Marco Fultz makes the transition like we all thought he was going to be able to make, you know, pre-draft last season. Uh, essentially, you have a Kyrie Irving on your team. Why not, you know, take a step back, play the LeBron James role, and then, oh, by the way, you also got, like, Hakeem Lajuan 2.0 on your team. Like, enough yeah. said. Like, dude, like, that that is your team. And then, essentially, after that, it's like, yeah, we also got a sharpshooter in J.J. Redick, um, a sharpshooter in Dario Saric, and, you know, another guy and Robert Covington, who can pretty much do anything that you need. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I I, I, I think those are going to be the two guys. I think the Sixers are going to be really, really good this year. Um, I can't wait to see them next year when they get Jimmy Butler. Um, but, uh, and I'm going to die on that hill um, uh-huh. until I don't die because they get Jimmy okay. Butler. Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, um yeah, we will. Uh, but here's my thing. Even if they don't get Jimmy Butler, there are so many free agents the next season. Like, if they don't get Jimmy Butler, 
all right, fine, give us Chris Middleton. I don't care. Like, just like give that, us somebody. Like us thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they're my team B. They're my team B. I, you know, I, uh, I, hey, my hearts are rebuilding, man. Like, I, I, I got to have a team B. And Iverson was always my favorite player, so naturally. This was mine, man. I like I get six. It. Yeah, I, I like six. Six. Yeah. Um, No, no. Don't throw too much shade at me. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, we got time for at least one more topic, maybe two, um, but okay. at least one. Um, I want to talk about this because you brought this up earlier today. Okay. And right. uh, it, I, I, I found it to be very interesting to me. Well, Clyde Glad Frazier, uh, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he kind of threw his name into uh, the hat as far as people who don't really like Katie. Or, well, I shouldn't say don't like Kitty, but people who got knocks against Kitty, I'll say that. Um, basically, what he said was, uh, like, the Warriors didn't need him, which is true. <laughs> I mean, let's all be honest. At the time, anyway, like, the Warriors did not need him. They did. Uh, and um, I, I would say, I, I would argue they, they kind of probably needed him last year. But that's really hard to say because it's like, where would they have been if they never signed him? Would they have needed him? It's it's really, really fucking hard to say. Um, but they did not need him when they signed him, which is the point he was making. Um, and essentially, like he said, he's like, there's going to be an asterisk by his name uh, because his you know, championships and his, his finals MVPs, like, they're, that that you know, they're always going to be kind of silly. Um, what are your thoughts on one of your favorite team's uh, legends, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of spouting off? And, and, well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say it like that. But uh, throwing shade at uh, Katie. Well, yeah, I remember if you're talking about Clyde, he 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 don't throw shade, man. He dishes and swishes. All right, he he has a certain <laughs> way of speaking, and you have to live towards that. Clyde has a, a certain swagger to him. He's an OG to the Very capacity so. that no one's seen, and arguably the Knicks uh, franchise best player. I mean, uh, arguably because they're always obviously uh, that can take that spot easily, like Patrick Ewing. Um, but Look it, I respect my man. Uh, I don't totally disagree with my man because um, I have a very similar sentiment. Uh, I think we both do. Um, yeah. And a lot of the league does. I mean, there's uh, there are going to be others that don't. Obviously, they're going to oh do man do whatever you want do this whatever fine. Don't have to be mad at it. I know Juwan is fine with him signing there. I I, I in my mind, I just I just can't get it and I just can't get myself to understand his mentality um, because it's not a money thing. Was it a winning something? Did he need to win that bad that he had to stack the deck? In my head, that's just how I'm – in my head, 
it just doesn't make all the sense in the world. But um, I, I agree with Clyde. Like, I, I do. I mean, it, this is going to stay on – it's going to be there forever. I think it's kind of, That's why I said earlier that I think his championships are kind of same. There is always going to be that, that connotation that he won there, but did he – did he win? You know what I mean? You, uh, yeah, right. he was the MVP. But he, they would have won without him. Is really is he the right. <laughs> like, like, or at the very um, least, at the very least, they maybe they wouldn't have won, but they would have been competitive. Like they would, like they would have been on the verge of winning. They would have made it without him. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I just. I don't know. Right. They probably would have won, <laughs> like especially last year. Probably. Uh, they would have won. Um, but it's a hard. It's a, it's a matter of opinion, most for the most part. Um, he did what he had to do. He left Oklahoma City. I don't think anybody was upset with him leaving Oklahoma City. It's just that no. it's not what he did. It's it where he. Who, went. I think, it was where he went. Right. Exactly. It's where he went that upset people. Like, why? Why would you yeah. do that? Like in my head, yeah. and I'm gonna tell you the mentality right here. You ready? I'm gonna give it to you real quick. You don't like to hear about 2K too much, but I'm gonna give you an exact mentality about where my head went when he did that, and where Jawan's head went when he did that. And there's there's are two people, all right? We're two different people, and where we look at things a little bit differently. We yeah. both play NBA 2K. We both love that game very much. Mm-hmm. When KB signed with the Warriors, he's like, I can't wait to play 2K to play with the Warriors. When he came <laughs> signed to play uh, with the Warriors, I wanted to play 2K so I could play against the Warriors. That's the difference. And that's how there's two different people. I'm on that side of the thing, and there are people that are on Juwan's side of the thing. Hey, I, that is I'm, – I'm on your side. Like, I yeah, – A, I, I, I always – I'm always taking the underdog side. It's probably because I'm yeah. from Georgia and our teams always fucking lose. <laughs> I get it. Um, I get it. I'm a, I'm underdog so, guy for the most part. You know. Yeah. Don't well, count the Yankees. <laughs> well, yeah. Although you know, <laughs> all, maybe 2009, but since the since the the early uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, like they've kind of been. Uh, the, the kind of feisty underdog in, in a lot of circles. Um, but nevertheless, yeah. yeah, like historically, sure. Uh, but no, man, like, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think there are, that's just ingrained in some people and not in others. It's like, um, yeah. and there's nothing wrong totally with is. either side. I, I want to like, no. be very clear no. about that. Like, but that's that is a type of that is a yeah. a type of personality. Um, it, it, I, I honestly think it has to do with like um, there's a there's a famous line in a, um, I don't, maybe not famous in the right word, but there's a line <laughs> in um, in the uh, the movie um, uh, Moneyball. And do you ever see that movie mm-hmm. with Brad Pitt? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And basically, uh, his character, he, he plays Billy Bean. He says, and I hate losing more than I love winning, and there's a difference. Uh, and I 
felt that. Like, I resonated with that. I was like, fuck yes. I hate losing more than I love winning. Yes, I feel that. <laughs> it's I, a weird I, feeling. That, that resonates with my core because, like, I am the same way. Like, I, <laughs> I, I hate I losing. Too. I hate, I hate it. it. Um, and, like, and that's the thing. Like, when you're dealing with a personality like that, like, you just, like, there's no possible way that you could ever, like, do something like what Katie did. But, I mean, and but if you're dealing with somebody else who, um, you know, who, who really wants to win and, you know, wants to, you know, have a name for themselves and wants to enjoy their life and everything else, like, it's probably a much healthier life, you know, other than all the social media shit. If he just stayed off social media, he would probably have like the best life ever um, yeah. but but like nevertheless like for someone like me like who just like hates hates losing and like ugh, like can't get past it like it's like dude that is just that that therein lies that just competitive backbone the reason I hate losing so much is because I am that competitive and like if you're that competitive you can't, you can't go that route. Like you just can't. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. Like it's you, you, you. Your brain will not allow you to do it. Um, right. You're stubborn. So you yeah. just won't do it. <laughs> you yes. won't see, You won't do what's best because logically you would sign with the Warriors to get it's the yeah. easiest way to the goal. Right. You want a ring? Yeah. Where do you sign? The Golden State Warriors. That's right. that was the, the clearest path. Was it not? That was that night. I mean, if he was gonna go anywhere to, if he, that's it. If he was ring hunting, that's where he had to go. I don't think anybody right. would have said anyone any otherwise, right? Now, right. If he's that competitive, it's not a bad choice to go for. Look, we're gonna dominate. It's gonna be me and the best play, the best team in the league. Because in the end, the Warriors were the best team in the league when they signed him. They well, they didn't win yeah. the championship because you can say the best team was the team that won the championship, but the record went to the Warriors. But the Cavs, in the end, won. Some people say if certain things went a certain way, that probably never would have been the case. You can't change the past. Shit happened. The Cavs ended up winning. Warriors went down. Um, and then in the end, that caused – it was like a chain of events. And mm-hmm. I, you could look at it in one way, that he was so competitive that he didn't want to ever lose again. And he's like, fuck it, we're gonna, I'll stack the deck. And that's what it is. When you stack the deck, it's almost like unfair, but you don't care because you're that fucking – you're like a sourpuss to the point where you're like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. And that's where right. I think he was at. <laughs> like, I just want to not lose. And, he, and like, LeBron was going to win no matter where he went, I guess, in his head. He's like, there's only one way for me to take out this motherfucker, and it's to go to the Warriors. He'll never admit that. Right. <laughs> but that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny because, like, it's what I was talking about earlier. You hate losing. But – there's like a difference there's, and, yeah, and, and yeah. to me herein lies the difference. It's like, I like you and me, like, we fucking hate losing and it, it makes us super competitive and it makes us want to win. Um, but it also makes us like fiercely loyal. It also makes us fiercely yeah. like, like we're, yeah. it's us against the world we're going to yep. fucking t- 
take on everybody, all comers. Like, and that's and that's like a thing that not everybody has. And like, and, and the thing is, like, again, I'm not I'm not saying there's a right or wrong in here because if anything, we're the ones who are wrong. Like, like our yeah, we're our stubborn. like outlook <laughs> on it is way more unhealthy than than like people who are just casual about it. Um, but but, uh, but nevertheless. That's not yes, the easy way. Exactly. You know, like yes. I want to win, and I want I want it to mean something. I don't want it to right. be, oh, you got you you got away with this, or you did it this way. No excuses. I fucked you up the hardest. <laughs> That's how we look at it. Right. You know, no excuses. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. And, dude. Yeah. I. I'll say this. I think that. Um, I think if Kevin Durant had a chance to do it ever again, he'd do the same thing, but he would handle a lot <laughs> I of do it. Too. <laughs> I think he would I think he would handle I think he would handle a lot of his um uh comments or what have you very differently. Delete, uh, delete Twitter. But, Kevin, just delete Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would that would be the smart thing to do. Um but you know what? That's why we love Russ so much. Because yeah, he he resonates <laughs> with us. He is the guy who's like, yeah, fuck it, I'm a I'm gonna die on this hill. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. fight. Mamba, I'm Mamba gonna mentality. Yes, exactly. And hopefully, Paul George, Jerry and Grant, and Andre Robertson. Believe me, I tried to work out a trade for for OKC to get Jimmy Butler. There is no trade. There's no <laughs> trade for them if, to get Jimmy Butler. You can't find something for you. You're There's fine. nothing. <laughs> There's like yeah, Sam Presti can't even best me in this regard. Like there is nothing. You will never get Jimmy Butler. Uh, unfortunately, Unless it was a bargain. <laughs> right. Oh fuck. I mean, dude. I dude, I came up with all kinds of crazy shit. I'm not even gonna get into it. I'll I'll message you the trade proposal that I like sent mm-hmm. out. Um, but like it's it's there are picks going left and right because the Hawks own their 2022 pick, Orlando owns their 2020 pick. So there was like players being sent to those teams and picks coming back and then picks going out to fucking uh, Minnesota and, and players and it is fucking crazy. And I was just like, I, I like looked at it when I was done with like the whole, like putting it all together. And I was like, there's no fucking way this would ever happen. Uh, so I'm just, I'm not even going to bother. Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to delete that one. Uh, but anyway, uh, we got about five minutes left. Uh, let's just, let's, let's end on a little, a light note, a little funny story. Um, so this is is lifelong Knicks fan, quote unquote, lifelong Knicks fan. Uh, Uh, yeah, his name is Evan Perlmutter. mm -hmm. And apparently he sold his fandom on eBay for $3,450. And he says he will now root for the Los Angeles Lakers. I got two questions for you, Joel. Mm-hmm. Are you jealous that this guy made $3,500 for selling something that is not even tangible? Uh, and... Yeah, loyalty. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, okay, all right, all right. Fuck that question. Uh, here, Here's my main question. Like, 
how the fuck could you sell, like, okay, if this is all a joke, I get it. But here's my thing. Like, I could never, you could not pay me any amount of money in the world for me to turn my back on my teams. Like, I could not fucking do it. Like, if you were like, I'm going to give you $3,500, but you can never root for your team again. you got to root against your team, uh, and you got to right. fucking mean it. Like, you can't, like, and you I'm not. You can't do like, it. I don't yeah, think it's possible. No. You can pretend, but in the end, you right. don't really mean it. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, there ain't no fucking way, bro. I'm just going to be, uh, I'm going to be honest. Like, uh, I can't do it. the money I right think, there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it is in the end. But, like, yeah, so you know what I mean. Like, I, it, you know what's funny, though? I was going to be like, Jawan, I bet Jawan for $3,500 could turn his back <laughs> on the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> what? Yeah, he'd be like, "Fuck it, I'm room, I'm room for whatever team Kyrie plays for from here until the end of Kyrie's career." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, I, look, no, yeah, fuck that. First of all, fuck with that dude. You ain't no Nick fan if you're selling your fuck. And the fact, but also, congratulations for making thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, someone Who the fuck was willing paid to thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, and of course there was someone from Los Angeles because you obviously uh. have the fucking money. Like, cause like, was it really hard to fucking persu- persuade someone to leave the New York Knicks? Was it really thirty five hundred dollars worth of lies? Because that dude's not leaving. <laughs> what he said. Right. Um, you've been around that long. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna be a Laker fan. Yeah, for thirty five hundred dollars, I'll wear a Lakers shirt. Sure. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it's good money. Uh, you'll never get that money back, guy. Um, I, I just I can't believe someone would like actually pay for someone's fandom. Like, how much money do you have? Not like that's like obviously right. you don't care about money. You don't have like you have it's nope. just there. Like oh here pocket money. Really? It's, it's like a around. quarter to you. Like for real? That's ridiculous. It hurts me a little bit. Like if someone would throw away money like that. Oh, but anyway, yeah, not, loyalty obviously um, can be bought. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's kind of sad, but it is. You it know, is. like we said, at least like the guy it. made his money. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, I just wanted to. I just wanted to drop this out there. Uh, currently, Trey Young is afraid of birds. I don't know if you knew this. He's what the fuck? He's afraid of birds. Please. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really suck. weird, <laughs> and, and especially like. I'm not I'm not trading the best European prospect of all time for a guy who's a fucking afraid of birds. Like Especially your mascot. Fuck? Oh shit, don't yeah. bring him next to you. Your, <laughs> your mascot is a fucking bird. Like uh, <laughs> Like what the fuck is he gonna uh, do when the hawk flies down during <laughs> halftime? He's gonna fucking be like, I ain't coming out. I knew it. I'm in the fucking, fucking hawk I'm gonna stay in the locker room. Somebody put that fucker away before I walk out there. He better be in a cage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and oh, that's yeah. Funny. I just, I'm, I'm so, I heard about that today, and I'm so fucking mad. Trae, um, like I'm just, you know, I'm mad that we, we traded Luca to begin I with. I know, but that was heartbreaking. Nevertheless, to say we're done loud, here. Yeah. yeah, we're done here. We're, we'll, we'll see you next week. Um. Check out the website, gvnation.com. We'll have some articles posted yeah. up very soon. Sure. And uh, yeah. until then, Good show.
Peace. Peace. All right, thank you. Take that for data. <laughs>